You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, in honor of Veterans Day, we're talking with attorney and veterans advocate Antoinette Balta. Antoinette is the executive director and co-founder of the Veterans Legal Institute, a nonprofit organization providing pro bono legal assistance to homeless and low-income current and former service members. On today's episode, we'll be talking about veterans in the workplace, from the challenges they face to the wealth of experience they have to offer. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Antoinette Balta. Hi, how are you? I'm good. We're so happy to have you on the show. I really appreciate you coming on and I want to start out by thanking you for everything you do on behalf of current and former service members. Um, but before we get started on the show, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, it's great to be here, especially on such a momentous occasion being veterans today. So if you haven't already, thank a veteran. And I want a special thank you to you, Teresa, and Workplace Perspective for honoring veterans on this day by having this podcast. So um, my name is Antoinette Balta. I work at Veterans Legal Institute. We are a nonprofit legal aid where we provide legal services to veterans that are low income, homeless, disabled, at risk, and mentally ill. And we do this to remove barriers, whether it be to employment, housing, healthcare, or education. That's awesome. You do great work. You really do. Um, it's, it's a wonderful service and it's so needed. It is so needed. So I, I want to talk about, though we have so little time and so much to talk about, I want to start out by uh, talking about, let's first talk about the barriers that veterans face when they're trying to reintegrate into the workplace. Yeah, so a lot of people wonder, you know, why is there an increased rate of homelessness or unemployment or underemployment amongst veterans? And there are a few reasons. First of all, typically, not everybody, but the majority of veterans weren't the first enlist in the military, enlist right out of high school. So instead of going from high school to college, um, they're going from high school into the military. And so it takes them longer to get that higher education. So we have um, post-separation from the military, a lower rate. Uh, of higher education amongst them. Also, you know, you've got some difficulty for those that are transitioning from military um, service into the civilian world, a little bit of difficulty translating their military experience. And I'll give you an example. We've got a lot of firms out here that seek to employ or help veterans with employment. And I had one veteran who was a tank, he, he rode tanks in the military, and he commanded over 300 other soldiers. So he was, he was relatively high-ranking and very smart and intelligent. Well, this company said, oh, you drove tanks, so you can be a truck driver. And this is just one example of how our veterans can be underutilized and underemployed. This is someone with amazing leadership skills 
um, that had ability to um, do things, you know, at, you know, outside of just driving vehicles. And then you always have things such as, you know, health challenges related to um, their military service, be it invisible mm-hmm. wounds like post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury, to physical disabilities that may hinder them from um, receiving, unfortunately, employment due to discrimination. And I would say one of the most um, appalling reasons that um, veterans have issues in reentering the workforce is a lot of times their state licensing um, doesn't match up with their licensing. So, for example, if you were a nurse, a combat nurse in the military for years and years and years, in certain states, when you come back, you can't get licensed as a, you know, as a nurse. Really? Yeah. So we've had some issues with that. And you guys are going to see some legislation appearing here and there to assist, um, you know, our heroes in, in getting those licenses. That's great. I've noticed, uh, you know, we, we have gotten in the last couple of years. So what I see from an employment law perspective, of course, same thing you see, um, the difficulties of the people coming back and being misunderstood and not, you know, there's fear associated in some regards. Um, there's, like you said, that inability to convey what it is they know and translate that into a civil atmosphere. But I didn't think about the licensing issue. That's really interesting. But there has been so much legislation. Almost every legislative cycle, there's been something that's, you know, that's come through. Uh, a lot of it having to do with leave. Uh, we were talking before the show about, you know, the, the service members, uh, their families, um, the same, you know, veterans, the same thing. Their families, you know, they experience everything differently, but they certainly do experience it. Um, so we've seen a lot of things change with regard to leave and allowing family members to take leave um, and all of that. But I never even thought about the licensing thing. That's got to be just frustrating. Super frustrating. I would think, you know, and I'm surprised. Bureaucracy somehow is just amazing, you know, because you're talking about a government licensing and people have been serving the government for, <laughs> you know, but they're not willing to say, okay, you know, you can get licensed if you have this education. And oh, by the way, this particular experience qualifies you for whatever it is you're doing, you know, nursing, for example. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's not just the veterans, but if you look at the military spouses, for example, in your field and mine, as attorneys, we have to get licensed in each state that we practice. Oh, yeah. So when you're a military spouse and your spouse gets stationed in a different state, what do you do? You have to take the bar all over again. <laughs> you know, again, attorneys um, that are military spouses have struggled to maintain their careers because of this. And um, Veterans Legal Institute just published an article in U.S. Veterans Magazine about the value of hiring military spouse and the skill set that they bring to the table. But we will be seeing more and more legislation trying to protect our military spouses, specifically in the legal arena. I love it. I'm glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It's, it's such a do for them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about in your experience, you know, you mentioned a little bit about how the barriers come about, you know, the challenges that they face. Um, talk about, talk a little bit about overcoming that. And, you know, what's, what are some of the, what are some of the things you're seeing about overcoming some of these challenges and, and, how people are getting around those and working through them and getting back to reintegration? Well, fortunately there, um, you know, veteran services and veteran issues is quite bipartisan and the United States is still largely patriotic towards our veterans, no matter which way you lean. 
And so we've seen, especially in Southern California, a huge coming together of people from all walks of all, you know, the military has no color. It has no religion. You bleed red, white, and blue, and that's Mm -hmm. it. And so we've been fortunate in the military community to have people come together really to lift up our veterans in need, be it helping them to find jobs, get the training that they need with housing, um, better access to health care, um, specific things at all the community colleges. You've got veteran resource centers popping up here and there. And so those have been a great um, support for our veterans. And there are also things that um, our government has done to incentivize um, civilian employers to hire veterans. So sometimes there are tax credits that become available. Um, Service disabled veterans can qualify for certifications that give them, um, you know, additional points when applying for state and federal contracts because they're a special population. So we are seeing some movement, a positive trend in empowering our veterans. I didn't know that. So if somebody's interested in that, where would they, where would they find that kind of information? If they want, if I'm an employer and I want to know about those kinds of incentives, where would I go? Is there a government website or? I would start with the California Department of Labor. Um, There are different things by state as well as federally. So you just have to do your research on different state websites and then the Department of Labor. I think that's great. I had a friend whose husband was pretty high ranking in the military and he really struggled when he got out. Um, And it was, it kind of had to do with that inability almost on his part as well to figure out how to sell himself. Cause when you get a job, it's true. You're selling your talent. Um, Had a hard time selling because a lot of what he did was classified. So he had a very difficult time explaining how his, you know, his specific talents worked. And I remember I was driving somewhere and I heard some ad about, I think it was a Google ad. And they had said that uh, if you knew someone who was looking or if you were military and you were looking for a job that you could go onto Google and put in a specific code that was, you know, you probably understand this more than I do, but it had to do with their, whatever their ranking was or their job in particular, but you could load it into the system and it would search for jobs on, on the internet that fit that, you know, so really cool. I think Google came out with that and you, you would basically enter in your MOS, which is your military occupation code. Yes. That's the one translate your military skills. So, you know, the example I gave you of the person who would drive a tank, it would translate those skills into what potential civilian jobs that they could get. And kudos to Google and other companies out there that are, are investing in these, um, resources for our military. Yeah, absolutely. What I mean, what a great resource. I mean, I, you know, I called my girlfriend. I said, oh, did you hear this? Did you hear about this? And, you know, she told her husband he was just thrilled. It was just it made because he was really looking. And, and when he said he put it in, came up with all these jobs that he didn't that he hadn't found on his own. Great. So it was it's actually works. It's, it's an amazing you thing. You played a role in that. So well, I don't know about all that, but <laughs> I listen to the radio for veterans. Yay. <laughs> It's a good thing. All right. Well, I know we are coming up on our break, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more with Antoinette on Veterans in the Workplace. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us. Like us. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It sure means a lot to us, and it ensures that more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. 
Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who... Worked 12-hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone... Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals. But I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with attorney and veterans advocate Antoinette Balta about veterans in the workplace. So we kind of talked about the little, a little bit about the challenges that uh, veterans face when they're trying to integrate. So let's kind of switch that and talk about the benefits to hiring veterans, all the experience, all the good stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. Well, you know what? It is. It comes as no surprise that the military invests hundreds of thousands of dollars in training and leadership training into their service members. And so when a veteran comes out here, she comes with the benefit of being highly skilled and trained in leadership. Um, they're typically cross-functional um, in many fields. They've got a sense of duty and responsibility and accountability. Um, they're typically very well organized and disciplined as a result of their service in the military. And they've got a lot of grit, you know. Um, veterans tend to triumph over great adversity. And that's why you see that um, a lot of veterans are business owners themselves, actually a greater proportion of them than their civilian counterparts. Um, it's because, you know, they've, they've got that grit and that, those leadership skills to, and they bring a lot to the table. I, it just makes perfect sense to me. But I do know that there's a lot of fear. You know, working with employers, um, how do you how do you address that? How do you address those fears with employers and kind of get them over that? Well, you know, the majority of veterans are doing very well. Um, as I mentioned, many of them own their own businesses. Um, they actually uh, make more money in terms of proportion related to their civilian counterparts. And what the media is bringing to us really is the bottom 10% of veterans, those that really struggle with mm -hmm. mental health issues or um, other types of issues that may lend one to having some fear when, when hiring a veteran. But I would say that um, when you invest in leadership and you invest in hiring a veteran, the majority of the time they really bring such a value add to your business. I know that I myself tend to frequent establishments that I know hire as veterans in law enforcement um, because I believe it's part of um, a debt of gratitude that we owe to the military community who really have protected our freedoms. So, you know, I would say when you um, interview people, you can get a good sense of who they are. And, and when they have got that military experience, that's just um, something that you should add as a bonus in terms of their resume. Yeah, there's, I agree. There's just so much to offer there that's already, you know, so many employers talk about the expense of bringing on new employees. And to me, I think there's already so much there that's been invested that it just, you know, you can, as an employer, you can take a little bit of that off the table. You know, if you've got someone who's got amazing leadership skills and, you know, if you can move a battalion, you can certainly manage a team and, you know, all those great things that, that kind of go along with that. Um, on the employee side, do you ever talk to, you know, do you help 
do you help the people that you work with out about sort of selling themselves in about addressing those, you know, do you ever advise them to address those fears straight on if they think that's, you know, if they sense that's going to be an issue or what do, what do, what do you tell them in, in that regard? You know, I've counseled some veterans. Um, a lot of times they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, you know, this employer asked me this question, you know, what do you think I should have said? For example, oh, you served in the military. Have you ever killed someone? Um, <laughs> this question is highly inappropriate <laughs> to ask someone. And um, <laughs> So what I, what I typically advise, um, you know, the veterans that I work with is, you know, you, you respond always respectfully and with what you're comfortable with, you know, it it could be something like, I loved my period in the military, but there's some things I prefer not to talk about. Um, so, you know, I do advise them to speak about their military service, um, because I think it is a value add. I think most employers want to hire veterans. I think that um, people do admire that sacrifice for our country and they honor it by giving you know, preference to to those leaders that come out of the military. So I definitely tell them it should be on their resume and it should be something, you know, that they mention. That's great. I go for something like, you know, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. And I like you or I want to work for you. <laughs> That's probably inadvisable too. Boy, <laughs> you're running out the door. So we want them to get the job. So. I know, right? <laughs> this is why they should come to you. <laughs> Yeah, much more, your feet are much more solid on the ground than mine when it comes to that. <laughs> do you have, a, do you know, is there, do you have a, a success story that you want to share or a particular client that you've, you know, you felt really, really got a win or anything like that? Oh, you know, we, there's so many. Um, would you say in terms of employment, would you like to share? Sure, whatever you feel like sharing. Okay. We're good. We're sharing today. It's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, there, you know, there are many, there's so many different stories to choose from. I'll give you a couple. We did have a, um, a female veteran who was discharged from the military honorably prior to Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And so her DD-214, which is kind of like your um, diploma, you could say, from the military, <laughs> it, it speaks to your service, any awards or medals that you may have received. And so her said it was honorable, but then under narrative reason for separation, it said homosexuality. And that made her very uncomfortable in applying for jobs that requested a copy of her long form DD-214. So we were able to um, make a petition to the military and have them adjust her her DD-214 and remove that. You know, and there we've we've had you know that's great. Thank you. Yes, it really was. And and we've had a lot of veterans. A lot of times, um, we've noticed um, specifically with the younger veterans when they first separate from the military, that transition into civilian life is very difficult. And so they might start drinking and they get DUIs. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, five, six, seven years later, um, they're looking for a job and they've got this on their record and that's hindered them. And so we've actually supported many veterans um, seeking dismissals or what's commonly known as expungements in order to help them get um, employed. Oh, I think that's awesome. You pointed out before we, uh, before we started the show, I had made a faux pas um, regarding, I had I'd lumped everybody in together, veterans, current, former service people, everybody. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Now, I pointed that out privately. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's all right. I appreciate you bringing that to the attention of your audience, uh, and only for their benefit. So, you know, today is Veterans Day, and it's so, you know, I think people appreciate when you acknowledge them and you say happy Veterans Day. Um, you don't say that to someone who is presently serving, because that would be an active service member. Um, and, and, you know, on Memorial Day, you don't say happy Memorial Day because Memorial Day is a remembrance of those who have passed. And so it's not necessarily a happy day for Gold Star families who have lost a loved one um, during their service. So it's just, you know, be mindful. A veteran is someone who served and is no longer serving. And an active service member is someone who's actively serving. A reservist is someone, you know, I, I lovingly refer to them as weekend warriors. They typically serve one weekend a month, and then they do a two-week training period a year, and sometimes they do get called up for deployment. Um, so there, there are different types of um, military service in terms of their past, their present, and beyond. I think that's good to know. I really do. I'm happy to I'm happy to share my faux pas if people can you are a brave one. <laughs> people can show their respect. I think it's important that they're gonna do it the right way. So so as we close the show today, do you have any thoughts about how employers can specifically support veterans? Absolutely. You know what? Give them a chance when you see on someone's resume that they're applying and that they served in the military, you know, take a second look. Uh, always, if you know a veteran, help connect them, link them up to other veterans or other patriotic businesses. If they need resources, you know, guide them to um, the Department of Veteran Affairs within your state. In California, it's called CalVet, so that they can locate the resources that they need. And finally, and especially in honor of Veterans Day, please make a donation to your favorite veteran-serving nonprofit. And if you don't have one, I would proffer a Veterans Legal Institute. <laughs> <laughs> We're vetslegal.org and we work with thousands of veterans a year and you know every amount makes a difference. I love it. I love it. Great advice. Great advice. Well, Antoinette, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your thoughts and your ideas and your passion. We really appreciate it. A pleasure to be here. Thank you, Teresa. If you want to learn more about Antoinette and Veterans Legal Institute, you can find them on the internet at vetslegal.com. That's V-E-T-S-L-E-G-A-L.com. You can also connect with Antoinette via our website at sapphirelegal.com slash podcast, where you'll find some additional interview highlights from today's episode, along with links and ideas on how you can show your support and appreciation for the sacrifices made by all of our service members and their families. Thank you for joining us today. Please stay with us for a few more minutes as we at Workplace Perspective pay tribute to all veterans and their families. Thank you. The famous poem, In Flanders Fields, written by Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, a soldier with the Canadian Expeditionary Force who fought in the Flanders region of Belgium during the First World War, speaks of sacrifice. Written from the point of view of the dead, it serves as their command to the living to press on. In Flanders fields, the poppies blow between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place. And in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved. And now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If you break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep. Though poppies grow in Flanders fields. In remembrance of those who've served, 
those who've fallen and those who live. May we forever keep the faith.